Welcome to the Global from Asia e-commerce gladiator series, where you can follow along the progress of setting up a cross-border e-commerce business from start to finish. Hear insights of real product research, Amazon FBA, China manufacturing, branding, marketing, and all the blood, sweat, and tears of building a global business from Asia. Now, let's tune in. E-commerce gladiator podcast episode one one globalformation.com slash episode zero one one. All right, everybody. We are taking action here and we're making things happen. Lorenzo, we introduced on the team on last week's e-commerce gladiator series show. This week we got him back. We got Roland, our COO partner in the company in the FBA business, and we have Andy Church. A long time friend. I've known him since I first came to China. One of my first contacts. He's was on episode 99 of Global From Asia. So globalfromasia.com slash episode 99 if you want more high-level, deep discussion about quality control in China. He gives a lot of great insights. In this show, he's advising us. He helped us already. His company in Iwu, Lorenzo, met Eno, one of his team members in the market last week when he went. And he's got some great product ideas. And we want to place an order this week, but it's a mid-autumn festival and national holiday here in China. So basically the whole week we are shut down. So we're taking action. We're moving forward. And we have making a plan to make an order next week. So we got Andy to, he's so busy, really so busy traveling, doing tons of client work. We got him on the call and we have the four of us talking, preparing for this order. I thought this would be an amazing episode to, uh, we're, we're putting some money down and getting a little bit nervous. I think a lot of Amazon sellers or e-commerce businesses or anybody doing products, you know, you got to make, you got to bite the bullet. You got to make some orders. Mayor, our advisor and our inspiration for this business has uh, has said we got to just take action. So we're going to play some orders. Um, we're spreading our bets. We I don't want to hide the products, but we will uh, share them soon. It's just we're actually didn't even really confirm them. We have some different ideas, but we're going to play some orders. Um, finally, we got to get this Christmas rush. So Lorenzo's going back, but uh, we will go into this show right away. Also, some exciting news. You know, I've been. Talking about this cross-border matchmaker event, Friday, October 27th in Huachan Bay, Shenzhen. It's going to be an amazing one. Uh, you can check out that at globalformasia.com slash matchmaker and, uh, and meet up. And Lorenzo will be there and I'll be there and some other amazing Amazon sellers, business owners, traders, and all kinds of stuff. But let's get into the show. Again, show notes. We got some good links globalformasia.com slash e-commerce 011 and... Let's go in. We got four of us on a call. It cut out in the middle, so I had to repatch the call. Skype cut out on me, but I think uh, I think it's an amazing one. Let me know. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Cross Border Matchmaker event on Friday, October 27th in Huachan Bay Plaza Hotel of Shenzhen, China. The Cross Border Matchmaker is a joint conference between Global From Asia and a Chinese e-commerce Amazon association to bring top Amazon sellers on both the Chinese and international community together in one room. Simultaneous translation is provided and it's going to be an action-packed day full of speakers, booths, networking, meals together, and more. Mark the date, Friday, October 27th. Check it out at globalformasia.com slash matchmaker. All right. So 
We are uh, in episode 11 of the e-commerce gladiator podcast series and just Lorenzo's back on the back from last week. So just to give everybody an update, we are preparing an EWU order. We're in the middle of two holidays, actually national holiday and mid autumn festival. So it's kind of put the whole, all of China on, on hold. So we're, we're waiting as much as we can to, uh, get this ready. And I brought a Roland on the call. You guys remember he's one of our partners and our COO of Power Living Inc. And then a good friend of mine, he's been on a podcast in episode 99, Andy Church from Insight Quality Services. Always a pleasure to have you, Andy. Good to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Mike. Sure, sure. So we had a we had a call a couple of weeks ago as we we're preparing for this Ewu, and you helped us out a lot. We try to get him on the on the show today, Eno, but he's he's enjoying his holiday like we should be. <laughs> but uh, he uh, he gave us some great, you know, he took care of Lorenzo. So Lorenzo, do you want to share what happened last week in Ewu? Well, first of all, I got to thank uh, Andy for putting me in touch with uh, amazing. Uh, uh, person, you know, is very friendly. He picked me up directly from the uh, Ewo train station uh, with his car and with his uh, very helpful and friendly wife. So we they uh, uh, took us straight from the train station to the uh, markets, and from the market, I showed him the products. He took me straight to where the products are located. So instead of me, you know, wandering around aimlessly, we went straight to the uh, shops, to the district, and the area, the floors, the exact shop where the products were located. And they were very uh, patient with me, very helpful, uh, always assisting with translation, anything else. So they were they were nothing short of amazing. So thank you, Andy. They were absolutely uh, a joy to work with. Awesome to hear. Yeah, it's great to hear. So Eno's been um, a part of my team for over three years and was one of our first hires when we started Insight. And his wife, Emma, is also on our team. So I'm glad that they yes. took care of you and delivered oh, the... Yeah. They were amazing, and um, I can't I can't say anything but uh, recommend these people, and uh, looking forward to working with them again. Awesome. So so now I know we had our we have our Saturday calls every week for the for the partners, and maybe Roland can give some questions too. But we're kind of all on the edge of our seats to make this order. We're trying to get a Christmas, you know, we're trying to get the Christmas rush, which is coming up fast. And of course, there's this extra speed bump of uh, of the holiday. But uh, Roland, how are you feeling? Or what kind of questions do you have so far? Uh, well, for, first of all, we're we're all excited and ready to make the first orders and ready to get our products out there. And uh, we're less happy about the Chinese holiday <laughs> being around just now. <laughs> but uh, this is still bear everything for our listings and so on yeah i know we we want to make an order so so andy do you want to give us you know uh some some ideas of how we would do this i mean or is this i mean no i've actually not had any experience buying from iwu in my in my previous uh e-commerce business so would uh maybe you can fill us in on what what you think we should is our next steps for making some orders there so I mean, the Ewu market, for people who haven't been there and don't know anything about it, it's like going to the shopping mall times 100. I mean, it's uh, the largest commodities market in the the world, or at least uh, at, at this point is. I think they're building another one in the, in the Middle East someplace that's going to be rival it. But you can go there and literally find any product uh, that you can imagine or that's for sale in, in your hometown and buy any quantity of that. So it's better to go to the market. It's almost a, a, a must to go 
and have an idea, a narrow focus on some product ideas rather than just go because and walk around with no ideas because you can quickly um, lose focus or uh, you know go down a path that maybe is not uh, profitable or feasible for for the area that you want to go. So my first suggestion is that um, really have a couple product uh, ideas and focus on those at the market so you can spend your time um, researching and talking to different suppliers on specific products. Andy, can you please tell me uh, your opinion about uh, going to the market straight? Are we going to meet uh, factories there? Are we going to meet uh, wholesalers or retailers there? And how, how should we relate to them? Well, everybody at the market is going to be a wholesaler. There might be a few that have their own factory or are uh, factory own representation in the in the in the uh, market but there really isn't any retail per se not like walking down uh, the streets in, in, in any Chinese village and you can buy something from a retail storefront so everything is going to be classified as wholesalers um, and very mm -hmm. few are going to be factory direct okay the reason I'm asking this is because uh, obviously there is an advantage and a disadvantage to, to walking around the markets first of all in the, uh, if someone uh, our listeners starting out their own Amazon stores and they're walking down the markets uh, they're going to meet these vendors face to face and be able to see the products and their qualities uh, firsthand but as they will start to grow and also as we are going to be growing we, we, we will try to eliminate the whole sailors and, and uh, possibly uh, try to focus on manufacturers directly. Yeah, many, I mean, that's a good strategy. As your quantities grow, you want to be able to leverage uh, the price dis discounting that can come along with that. You're unlikely going to be able to find the factory that the shop in the EWU market or any market is buying from. Many times they buy from many factories, and they, as you place their order, then they source that order to a factory or factories that they have relationships to. So I would not have the expectation that you're going to be able to find the factory that produces the product that you buy from the market. Uh, yeah, the, the, I, I believe this is uh, totally correct. And the other hand is I'm not sure if uh, we want to go to the factory directly because they just might not take us seriously and we might not be able to uh, develop a great you know, bond or a great relationships right away. So in my opinion, uh, seeing the wholesaler and developing the relationship in person with them right there is probably better to start out with than reaching out to factories. Is that correct? Definitely, and especially if you add to your product line and make complementary products that may not come from that same factory or factory that has the capabilities to make the same thing. Um, for example, if you're um, selling bar soap and you want to begin selling loofahs, your shop may sell everything that is bath and you know kind of bath related or have products that are bath related but they would come from very different factories so if you have a relationship with a wholesaler that you can leverage your buying power with them as you add to your product mix and complementary products that's going to be beneficial to you where if you were going factory direct that wouldn't be possible mm -hmm. okay thank you and what is your what is your uh 
well, what would be the key takeaway or what is your recommendation on, on uh, the order process itself? So, for example, if uh, like this market seems to be different from the days back when, when some of us went into the e-commerce market, basically, as you mentioned, they work with factories and they have it all shipped to Yivu market. Then we meet them at their booth and do the deal, check the products there, pay there. Or are we going to have the orders from these booths, from these wholesalers, and they will have the factories shipped? to us, to our warehouse, to our, our FBA warehouse, or, or how, how does that look like? Well, it can be done either way uh, or a combination of the two. The larger the quantity, though, you're going to want to have the product shipped direct to your FBA um, service provider if they're stickering or labeling the product or your freight forwarder. The less movement you have to the goods, the the less transportation costs that are going to be factored in. So if something is being made in I don't know. Fujian province, you don't want it to go to the EWU market when it can be shipped out of Shenzhen. Right. That is so, that is totally right. true. Yeah, and I'm I'm very happy that you mentioned the labeling and barcoding. Uh, do you have any experience on uh, when you can ask these wholesalers to do that for you, or it, this is something that we would have to look out for and we would have to do it off, uh, ourselves? I would suggest on initial orders and in smaller quantities that it would probably be best to keep that separate from your initial buy. So either using, either doing yourself, if you happen to be in China and you have the capability to have the products delivered to you, if the quantity is not too large or the items too big or ship develop a relationship with a third party uh, FBA service provider who offers a lot of those offices serve those services. Um, and as you begin to work with potentially different wholesalers or shops or factories direct, having a relationship with uh, a third party that can do that would be beneficial as well. So my suggestion would be to at least initially keep that separate from your buy and the request from the wholesaler and or factory. Got it. Yeah, this is uh this has been helpful because actually uh, we were talking in the group and Lorenzo was saying like he's noticing he's able to get samples for free or cheaper from actually online directories like Alibaba or, or others. And uh, as well as then the, actually the markets, the markets were as willing or able to give us samples from what Lorenzo was telling me. I believe the reason for this is because you are there and see the, the product physically. And when you're buying online, you just you just have trust or you have to have trust. And they want to uh, make sure that you you get the uh, best, you know, the best quality. Go, go Lorenzo, please. Yes, thanks. Um, uh, when I went to, the, to a few uh, shops with Eno and uh, Emma uh, the other day. And uh, as soon as I asked for, for, for samples... They straight away said, no, we don't have samples on the spot. And uh, from the explanation that Emma, uh, Eno's wife, uh, was able to get me is that because they are just, uh, they only have one unit of every item available, so they would have to order it from the factory or whatever they, they get the supplies from. And uh, they, they told me that I could get samples, but I would have to order them. Usually it would take up to three days for the samples to arrive, but because of the timing now and the, the holidays, would take uh, up to a week, I mean, after the holidays, for me to, to get my samples. So I just didn't even bother at the time. But again, the uh, the, the explanation I got from uh, from the supplier and from from uh, Emma is that it's because each shop 
as only one item, uh, um, uh, one, one, uh, one unit of each item on the shelves. And if they give one, for, for example, if you were to sell them directly uh, for samples, then they would be left without those units and they would have to order them again from the factory and that takes time. So that's explanation that was given from uh, the majority of the place I went. So it was very frustrating and very hard for me to get samples because my, the whole point for me to go there was to get samples, as many samples as possible. But once, once I got there, I couldn't get it. But I, but I can understand the reasoning why the, the, those shops are not willing to provide samples. I mean, at least on the spot. Yeah, I think also they're afraid to turn into a shopping mall. Like Andy said, what Iwo, it kind of is a shopping mm-hmm. mall, but I don't think they want people to go there just to buy... Exactly. Yeah. Because you could say it's a sample, but how do they not know you're just buying one for your home or yourself, right? Like they they yeah. want to make sure that you're a you're a bigger buyer. Is probably another. The only yeah. The only exception would be it's also a commodities market uh, for yeah. sometimes components, uh, specifically maybe uh, apparel, jewelry. So you can go and you could buy product that uh, beads or um, uh, bracelets or yarn or something. But for most products, it's just as Lorenzo said, it, it's it's like uh, looking through a catalog. You know, you, it's like looking through a catalog in person and seeing and touching and holding the item and um, not able to take it with you. So, yep. So. So then, uh, I guess our hol- this holiday kind of slowed down the flow because we we we're getting a good flow. We have some product ideas. I I promise the listeners we're not going to be so secretive. But right now it's so early we can't really reveal. Well, we haven't even confirmed anyway. But we're about to confirm some orders, Andy. So Lorenzo's over in Hangzhou, so it's not too far. He's planning to go. Actually, when the show goes alive on Friday. But what what do you? I mean, I. I think we talked to Eno who couldn't make it, but he was saying there's not even a purpose of writing a contract at the market. Like you're just buying, you're just placing an order. Right. I mean, this isn't like dealing with a, literally this is like going into a shopping mall and placing an order through from a catalog and saying, you want to buy X number of these. Most of these shops are individuals. They're no legal entity. They're not going to be able to, you know, most of the listeners probably don't care about uh, official tax receipts or bad invoices <laughs> or refunds or anything like that. But these are individuals that, um, you know, if you presented them with a contract and they were to, to, to sign it, they probably don't have a chop. There isn't going to be any legal recourse if they take you know, uh, your name or, you know, I mean, this is these are commodities that aren't customized generally at the market. Yeah, I was uh, I was just about to ask um, Andy a follow-up question on exactly that because he said if the, the contract is basically useless. So now my question would be, how can, for example, let's say we agree on, on a place, even if it's a small order, say 200 units, 500 units, whatever. Let's say we give them the cash to the shop. How can we trust the, the, the and they will tell you that the delivery time is about, say, uh, one week, 10 days or a month. So how can we trust them if, if the contract is basically <laughs> useless? How can we trust them that they will actually deliver? That would be my, my question, to, my follow-up question to Andy. Yeah, there is no recourse on late delivery. And even with the contracts uh, with factories, the late delivery recourses are usually some sort of discount or uh, whatnot because you still want the product and you still need to ship it. So the biggest issue uh, it would be quality. 
and you can protect yourself. Typically, the terms are uh, the fact the the sellers may um, start at fifty percent, fifty percent down, and fifty percent on delivery. It generally can get them to thirty percent deposit and balance upon delivery, and so ensuring quality is important that you inspect either using a third party such as ourselves or many of the other uh, service providers that are part of the, the community uh, or doing you know, using somebody to do an inspection to make sure that the goods meet your expectations before paying that balance. So even without a contract, you can protect yourself from the quality of the goods by delaying the final payment until you inspect them. Yep. And uh, so I guess this is getting maybe a simpler call than I was expecting, but it just seems like basically we're ordering from them, giving them a still a 30% deposit before they deliver anything, and then uh, hoping they deliver on time. Any question? Uh, yeah, go ahead, Lorenzo. Uh, so because we're going to be starting with a test order of a very small uh, numbers, like say 100 to 200 units, uh, can we get them to agree to, to what you said, 30% down and the rest upon delivery of the goods and upon inspection? Or is that more for when, for example, we're placing a larger order for 1,000 units, that it would be more open to those terms? You can certainly request those terms. A lot of times with smaller orders and the order price, because you can have a small order but a high-dollar item, mm-hmm. and it's not the same as a small-dollar item or small price point in a small quantity, uh, they may require 100% up front. So you, it certainly it's a negotiation point with the, with the supplier, or the shop, but, you know, have your bottom line and, um, you know, if they're not willing to do that, then go to somebody else because there are shops that sell the same item just down the corridor or the, the next hall over or something. So, uh, you know, don't uh, factor in when you're looking at a shop, the communication, their willingness to work with you, their payment terms. Are they over-promising? If you're dealing with a shop, and not to get way off on another tangent, but if, if every shop is telling you that it's going to be 30 days or you know 20 days before they can deliver, and one shop's telling you 10 and giving you terms of 30% down and 70%, question that. How are they able to do that? Ask the questions because um, you know that shop may not be there in 10 days when new product is set to be delivered. Exactly. Good point. Yeah, you know the old adage: if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Applies <laughs> to everything, and I think a lot of us yeah. lose focus on that. Whether it's the delivery times, the price, the the quality, you know, because if you're the whole point of going to the market, or big point of going to the market, is they provide you the opportunity to talk to a lot of different suppliers in a very short time. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, that's one aspect you can go and do the research and whatnot. Um, you know, earlier I mentioned, you know, go and have a specific product in mind. Well, it depend that that was the assumption that you're ready to move forward. But yes. if something is too good to be true, at any one of those points, then it should raise a red flag. Good point. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so Andy, we we we're we're gonna work with you guys for this and Lorenzo's excited and we're yes we're uh, Very. we're probably a really small customer <laughs> we're speaking ourselves we're talking about like 100 pieces here but uh we're just being cautious you know to test different I think the other benefit maybe of Ewu is we can test a lot of different products with a lower MOQ so the flow would be you know you have an office there which is amazing so basically how how would it normally 
we don't want to be special. We want to kind of, you know, use the normal service. Does it normally like, uh, we pick the shops. I mean, a lot of your clients probably aren't based in China. Do they, do you, do you guys get to do the buying or somebody else does the buying or in the consolidation? I mean, there's shipping, there's a lot of different parts here. There's, and then we do FBA. So there's labeling. I don't, I'm kind of overwhelming you, but what do you, what do you, so you've asked, I know there's (laughs) like basically everything. I feel like I'm like unloading everything, but. All right. Well, let me, uh, we didn't get too much into about insight at the beginning. I've been on a previous podcast, but we started off, uh, the business insight, uh, we're in our fourth year now as an inspection service provider. And we deal with, uh, we have several large customers who manufacture private brand product for retailers. And so you're right in that most of our customer base is much larger, but we do work with smaller customers um, and nobody's too small. Always happy to have a conversation about the process and whatnot with anybody. But we got into sourcing and providing sourcing services because some of our customers were having delivery issues, quality issues, needed to find up, find a, a, a backup uh, supplier. So the same issues that my large customer faces are the same for somebody your size. Quality, on-time delivery, price, all those things. And so we provide sourcing services, everything from finding new suppliers or finding a shop if it's going to the market. Um, We work with companies that most cases don't have their own presence in China. So we can go and buy samples and arrange samples from factories and ship them to a buyer overseas in, in North America, Europe, Australia, wherever that may be, we can help negotiate. Um, so everybody's different on what their needs are. We have customers who want to be very hands-on and micromanage every part of it and then just want us to be uh, kind of hand-holding on their first order. We can do that. We can just do the inspections. We, at this point, do not do um uh, labeling and shipment FBA uh, service providers out there that focus in that. So, you know, the, the services that we offer can be customized and um, can be to whatever degree that somebody wants. Just like you you and you, your team uh, have background and you complement each other very well. Um, but in Lorenzo's case, he came into EWU and um, – uh, had a specific need and we were able to take him right to those shops. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if it was you, Lorenzo, or somebody else, but last year during the October holiday, went to the market and, you know, kind of began scoping out ideas, um, you know, and so whatever that can be. We can All right, offer- wasn't me. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this is great. Um, so... If we're just buying wholesale, or maybe even Lorenzo could answer this, or or Andy, but we want, of course, we want our products in, in, in online yesterday. So um, the sooner the better. But what kind of time frame are we we're looking at for like a small order in Iwu? You know, if we start to place the order next week, I'm not sure if any who I should ask. Well, Lorenzo was talking well, to some I people. Pl- or- yeah, I was planning on going on Friday, but uh, again, I'm not getting any any response. And also, I want to make sure, I want to wait until Eno is back from his holiday. From what I understand, he would be back on Monday. Is that correct, uh, Andy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this holiday is a little unusual in that mm-hmm. we have the National Day in mid-autumn in the same week. Yeah. Uh, you know, usually, most of the time, mid-autumn's a little bit earlier. And so, uh, yeah, Eno will be back, uh, feet on the ground, ready to work 100% on Monday. So, 
Okay, then I will go back to you. I think it would be wiser for me to go back on Monday, and then we can uh, we can start placing orders right away. And then what does Lorenzo, or do we know how long it would, did they say how long it would take for an order? About? Uh, uh, some some shops, I remember some shops said seven days, some 10 days, some uh, 30 days. So I'll have to go back in my notes and um, okay, and take a look at that. Okay, great. So one of the questions to ask, especially on smaller quantities, uh, would be if you're ordering 100 or something, it's very unlikely that the factory or this shop that you're buying from is going to have a factory produce 100 or 200. Yeah. So yeah. how... Uh, how long ago were these items produced? Uh, at oh, what quantity? No, I mean, so I mean, here's some questions because if you're going to different shops and asking the same, and they say, well, the, we can have them in seven days, then they have their warehousing their product somewhere, right? And another shop, they tell you it's 30 days. They may be waiting until they get some other orders enough for the factory to make a thousand or two thousand or something, so they can ship your hundred, which may end up turning into forty-five days because they didn't get those other orders. So, uh, my thought out of Lorenzo's comment was, if a factory is telling you seven days and they have a hundred or something, that can be good and bad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so how long ago were the products made? Where are they stored? Um, at what quantity would? They require to make uh, to be made, meaning if you sell that hundred and they sell really good and you decide to do a reorder and you want to order 500 or a thousand and now they tell you 30 days, but you counted on seven days, you know, it's good. It's better to know that ahead of time, because if you're counting on seven days and then you're air freighting it, replenishing your stock at Amazon, you know, you now have an issue because you you ordered uh more than what they warehouse. So it's um, important to think about those, especially as you do trial orders on what future orders may look like. Excellent point, Sandy. Thanks for those for those uh, tips. I've been taking notes, and I'll definitely ask them those questions on Monday. Awesome. Okay. All right. Well, I know appreciate Andy and on your time. I know you got a, a full schedule, so I think we'll get towards the end of today's uh, discussion. I. I mean, I like this. We're we're taking action, and and uh, I'm sure listeners are getting a lot from this from this uh, as well. What? So you, you I kind of answered my question with pitfalls. So I like I really like that insights, and yeah, this would be the first time that I would buy from the market. So, uh, but of course, normally a factory would be yeah, like you place the order, you make a contract, you make sure everything is clear, you put a deposit to manufacturer, you do a quality check, you pay the remaining, you ship to the port. But this will be interesting. And then for Andy, of course, we want to give you guys a shout out. It's insight-quality.com. We'll link it on the show notes. Uh, is that the best way for people to contact you? Or Sure, absolutely. And on our website, there's a way you can uh, schedule an appointment for a call with me. I, as I mentioned, I'm happy to have conversations uh uh, you know, to discuss next steps if somebody's not sure how to, uh, where to begin or how to begin. Okay, cool. And then next next week's show, we'll have a little, we'll be checking up on this order with Lorenzo's trip to Iwu and uh, keep these okay, things. Hopefully, we will be able to, uh, to place the order and you yeah, yeah, let's keep rocking. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks so much. And uh, let's keep taking action. Take care. All right. Take care. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. Ciao. Bye-bye. 
thank everybody for listening. That was awesome. You know, this was this has been a cool series. We're only in eleven shows, and I am even still learning. I mean, Andy's been on the podcast before, and we talked some cool stuff. But we're talking about action, taking action. So I hope you're taking some action too. I hope this has been inspiring you to, um, you know. Put some skin in the game. I'm back in the game, back in e-commerce, back in the arena, the e-commerce gladiator. I hope you are enjoying, and we will just keep on pushing forward. You know, this is, uh, it's got three placeholders, zero, one, one, right in the in the numbers. So going over 100 shows for this for sure, hitting 200 in our interview series, and uh, and just gonna keep cranking out amazing content. I hope you guys are enjoying this, Cameron. You're amazing. Thanks. Uh, Thanks for supporting, and I know we got some amazing listeners uh, around the world, and it's awesome. And and Mayor got some great feedback he was sharing with us. So let's just all uh, you know take action. I keep feeling like I'm saying that too much, but I'm also a little bit sick. Got the air conditioner blowing on my face, even in this uh, little studio here. But uh, enjoy. And we're getting through this holiday. You know, this show will go online at the very end of the holiday. And then Monday, Lorenzo will be back in Ewo Markets, hopefully placing some orders, making some bets, gambling a little bit. Business is a gamble. Hopefully it's a calculated gamble. And, uh, you know, I hope we all win. You know, let's all think positive. Abundance theory, abundance mindset. And uh, cheers. Global from Asia e-commerce gladiator series, where you can follow along the progress of setting up a cross-border e-commerce business from start to finish. Hear insights of real product research, Amazon FBA, China manufacturing, branding, marketing, and all the blood, sweat, and tears of building a global business from Asia. 